afternoon and welcome to our show, We're Talking Golf. My name is Douglas Maida and I'm your host. The Solheim Cup is the most important cup challenge in women's golf in terms of its history and prestige. The biennial competition pits the United States against the Europeans and has been held 17 times since 1990, with the United States holding a 10-7 lead over Europe. However, with the 2023 event being held at the Finca Cortesina Golf Club near Malaga in southern Spain, the European team will be the defending champions, having won the last two times. Now joining us today will be the captain of the U.S. team, Stacy Lewis. We will be discussing her appointment as the captain, but before we get to our guest, we're going to take a very short break, so please stay with us. BMW iX is electricity in its ultimate form. An elegant trailblazer that's equal parts power and intelligence. With impeccable interior details, a range of up to 324 miles, and a panoramic moonroof for every shade of luxury. It's 100% electric and 100% BMW. BMW, the ultimate electric driving machine. Legend has it that in the great storm of 1781, John Jameson lost a barrel of his beloved smooth whiskey. He said goodbye to the crew and went in after it. In hindsight, that probably wasn't a good idea. Weeks later, a funeral was held. All of Ireland was in attendance, including John Jameson and his smooth-tasting whiskey. Please remember to drink responsibly. Today's show is being recorded from our studio in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. We are produced by the World of Golf and you can find us on the World Wide Web at www.worldofgolf.org or on our social media channels of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and now on LinkedIn. We are proud to announce that We're Talking Golf has been recognized as one of the top 40 PGA and LPGA golf podcasts to follow. Now, back to our show. Here is your host, Douglas Maida. Welcome back to our show, and thank you for staying with us. Our guest today is Stacy Lewis. She's the captain of the U.S. Solheim Cup team that will be competing in 2023 at the Finca Cortesina course in southern Spain. Many of you will know Stacy as a player on the LPGA. She joined the LPGA in 2009. In that time, she has recorded 13 wins, two of which are major championships. She has won the LPGA money list once. She has won the VAR Trophy twice in 2013 and 2014. The VAR Trophy is presented to the player with the lowest scoring average on the season. Further, she has won the Rolex Player of the Year Award twice in 2012 and again in 2014. She's also a former world number one ranked player. And she has been a member of the biennial Solheim Cup team from 2011 through to 2017. Stacy's joining us via Zoom from her home near Houston, Texas. Hey, welcome to the show, Stacy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. We're uh, pleased to have somebody of your caliber and stature on the show. So we're very excited. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stacy, the Chevron Championship just ended. Mm -hmm. Now, before we get into the Solheim Cup discussion, I wanted to ask you about that because it was originally known as the Dinosaur Classic. Right. It's been the second longest running major in women's golf. 
Can you share with us a little bit about what this event means to the development of women's golf and maybe to yourself personally being a past champion? Yeah, I mean, I guess I start for me personally, you know, it was it was really first as an amateur where I kind of figured out I can play professional golf and I can compete with these girls. And then um, and then to get my first win there, I mean, it, it really has a special place to me in my heart. Um, the tournament, the golf course, I mean, everything about it. So um uh, but for the tour, I mean, it is, it's massive. I mean, this was where, you know, kind of the purse increases really started when you go back to Colgate and, and, and them stepping up to, um, to make it the championship that it is. I mean, it's funny, you know, each generation, you know, the generation before me knows that tournament as the dinosaur to me, it's always going to be the craft Nabisco. Cause that's what it was for most of my playing. And for the generation after me, it's the ANA. And now this generation, it's going to be the Chevron. So, um, so it's had a lot of different names, but, um, but really it hasn't changed, you know, and, and it's going to change next year with the venue change and all that. But, um, but what's important is that the, the tournament is continuing and, and we're getting it on par with the rest of our majors. Great. That's wonderful. Yeah. I, I'm uh, dating myself a little bit because I'm probably a decade older than yourself, Stacey. And I remember when Dinah Shore was on TV and she had her daytime show and she was out there and we'd do some of the live spots or spots from the golf course when she was promoting it. So <laughs> that was actually, truth be told, that's my first introduction to the LPGA. That's awesome. And that's that's a lot of people's. You know, a lot of people say, you know, if, if they know the LPGA, they know about the jump in Poppy's Pond. You know, that that's they know about that tradition. So um, so it is. It's a, it is a definitely a little bit sad to be leaving Mission Hills. Yeah. But Houston. Now, I understand yes. that's your hometown. I yeah, I grew up just north of Houston. Um live I live in College Station now, which is a little bit north of north of the city, but um but yeah, it's it's coming closer to home and I've been a part of, you know, trying to help with the transition and and making sure we do this thing right. Oh, good. Good. Good because I think that's kind of what everybody's hoping that you know, going from a permanent location like that to kind of bring the traditions with it and the feel of being the first major on the LPGA calendar. For sure. You know, we're going to, we're going to take as many of the traditions as we can. You know, I think it's such an important one that so many, so many little girls like myself have dreamed of jumping in into that pond. And, um, you know, we've got to keep, keep the traditions alive, but as well as, you know, continuing to make this a major championship. Uh, Stacy, let's uh, shift gears slightly before I get into this Solheim Cup. I mean, I could probably chat with you all day, and I know you have a busy schedule. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you're a little bit of a, and forgive me for saying this, but you're a little bit now mm-hmm. one of the veterans on tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, how have you seen the evolution of the LPGA since you've become a rookie? Um, it, it's changed a lot. Um, you know, I go back to, I think it was my rookie year or a couple of years, even my rookie year, 2000, 2009, 10, 11. I mean, we, we hardly had any events. We had 23 events. I think it was our low point. Um, we're up to 34 now and playing for a ton of money. Um, you know, so, so from that side, it's changed. It's also changed. The game has changed a lot itself. Um, you know, these girls are just bombing it and hitting it far, just like the men's game, you know, so the game itself has changed a lot with technology. The golf ball goes straighter. Um, so you can just swing hard and and it's not going to go very far offline. So, um, so a lot has changed, you know, that it's, um, 
you know, it still comes down to making putts and things like that. But, um, but I think a lot has changed for the better. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, I was going to say the women's game was a little bit behind the men's game in terms of the uh, distance, um, the distance coming into the game. And wow, some of those gals you see it now just, you know, like on the weekend, 300 plus yards. I mean, it is. And, it, and it's effortless. You know, it doesn't look like they're swinging that hard, but yet the ball is going that far. So, um, so it, it's just a testament to, you know, how the courses are being set up and, um, you know, you can kind of let it rip. Yeah. The athleticism and the development of golf players as athletes. Yeah. For sure. You're seeing girls are, girls are taller. They're more, they're stronger. They're more athletic. A lot. Girls are a lot more in the gym now than they used to be. Um, I think, you know, I've always had to work out because of my back and kind of keeping things in shape. But, um, you know, I was probably one of a few when I first came on tour that was in the gym quite a bit. And now, now it's, it's a normal thing. So, um, you know, these girls are taking it more seriously and, and, and the results are showing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's been a fantastic watch over the past several years. Uh, Stacy at 36 years of age, you're the youngest ever captain of the Solheim cup team for the United States. Um, how overwhelming is that honor? <laughs> um, I wouldn't say it's overwhelming. I mean, it's, I was a little bit of a shock to realize how, how much younger I, I am than the other captains. I think Patty, Patty Sheehan was maybe 45 when she did it. Um, and I think it's going to be more common as we go forward. Um, just cause just the age of your potential captains, you're going to have more that are playing like I'm doing um, and kind of later on in their careers. So um, it, it's such an honor, though, just, you know, to go through that list, you know, of those ladies that came before me that had this honor um, and that they picked me. You know, I think that's the coolest thing about this is the past three captains get together and they decide who the next one's going to be. And and they picked me, they, you know, I, and I talked to each one of them after, after I got the call and, you know, they all said, you're ready, you know, you, you've seen it from both sides, you're ready to do this. And, and they have a lot of confidence in me. And so just kind of, it just helps me feel more ready, more ready to do it. And that's got to feel very rewarding that your peers like that have um, looked down on you as not looked down. I mean, but looked at you as being a, a natural successor. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think, I look back and, you know, Julie was probably getting me ready for this six, seven years ago. Um, you know, she kind of brought me in on pairings and I always feel like I've kind of been a good per kind of reading people and kind of knowing people. And so she brought me in to help with pairings, um, help me with this. I helped with the singles lineup in Germany, you know I mean? That was 2015. So, um, you know, so they, they've been getting me ready and, you know, I think as a captain, you know, now I'm thinking, okay, who's, who's next, you know, who's going to be coming next? Who do I need to help get ready and, and kind of do the same thing with. Uh, but it does present an interesting conundrum. You're playing pretty good. You're on the uh, Solheim cup points list. Um, come this time next year, if you qualify automatically, um, have you made a, uh, do you have a point in mind where you think that, okay, I will play or I won't play or anything like that of that nature? Yeah. You know, I, I've talked to, I've talked about it a little bit with Morgan, um, my assistant already, and, and she's agrees too that, you know, if I, we need the best 12 players there. And so if I qualify off points or Rolex rankings, um, I'm going to be one of the 12, you know, I, I, I just, I have to play at that point. Um, I don't think I would pick myself 
um, as a pick, but, um, but I do think if I qualify, I probably need to play, you know, that mean that means I'm one of the best 12 and we need to take our best team there. And, and, you know, I have, you know, yes, it'll be a hard week. It'll be a tired week, but I think there's a way to do it. Um, and I'm going to have some really good people around me that are going to help me do it. If, if, if it comes to that. Right. Right. Well, you're already thinking about that kind of situation. So, you know, you, you've got a year and a bit to get all the systems in place and everything worked out. Uh, just as an aside, are you thinking, will you bring your daughter and family next year? Oh, absolutely. You know, she, um, I, my daughter came with me to last year's Solheim in, in Ohio. Um, and she had a blast just running around with the girls. And, um, at one point, you know, they had her in the little, they had a little photo booth and they were holding her in the photo booth, <laughs> taking pictures with her. So, um, she had so much fun, just that time you get as a team and in the team room and running around the hallways of the hotel. Um, you know, I, I, I know the girls, the girls loved having her there. Um, so she will definitely be there. My husband's going to be there to support. Um, my parents already said they're coming. So, um, we're have a lot of people there and, um, you know, I'll also have, you know, a lot of people that have helped me along the way, my swing coach, my caddy, um, have them there just to be as helpers for the team and, um, you know, be, be another set of eyes for me. Yeah. That'll be very helpful. Won't it? Mm-hmm. Now let's, you, you mentioned Morgan, um, and of course, you recently had an announcement a couple of weeks ago that Morgan was going to be your assistant captain, and she's the first one that you've announced. Right. Did you want to elaborate a little bit more on how you see her fitting in and, and how she's going to compliment you and the team? Yeah, you know, I um, I knew after last year's Solheim that my name was being thrown around in the mix, and I kind of was panicking, like, who would I pick as an assistant? And um, before this was before I was even picked as the captain and Morgan was honestly the first person I thought of, um, you know, she's somebody I've played a lot of golf with, or we've, you know, kind of been on tour at the same time. Um, you know, I love, I've always loved her competitiveness and the fire that she played with, especially at Solheim cups. I mean, she was unbelievable at Solheim cups. And so, um, you know, I just really want to get that good, good energy around and, um, you know, again, somebody that I trust, I trust her opinion. Um, I think, you know, I think I do think the girls respect her as well. And I love that. I love that she's doing while she's not playing, she's still doing TV. So she's around, she's going to be watching a lot of golf. She's going to be looking at stats and all those kind of things. And so she's going to be really helpful when it comes to pairings and, and things like that. Yeah, actually that's a, that's a very good point you raised there. <laughs> she's going to see a lot of that from her vantage point now. So Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> Take a little bit of, uh, uh, lessen a little bit of the pressure of you with your notebook. Yes. Yes. No, the notebook is filling up pretty quick, but it's, you know, right now we're just, we're working on, um, you know, kind of behind the scenes stuff and trying to make sure, like I said, get the right people around us, um, clothes and all the gear that we need to get. So we're, we're not really to the pairings part yet. Um, probably more of a next year thing once we see the team kind of starting to fill out a little bit. That's an interesting question and point you raised for me. How much of the organizational aspects of the Solheim cup team falls on the captain assistant captains in terms of things like you just mentioned, the gear, the equipment, um, the, the apparel line. I mean, is that something that you all, that all falls down onto you or do you have any assistance from the LPGA or. Yeah, I do. I have a team of people with the LPGA that are, that are helping me with all of it, but. Um, but what I learned pretty quickly is whatever the captain wants in this, th that's what you do. So, 
Um, so I'm going to basically have my hand in on everything, um, whether it's picking out the clothes or designing the clothes, what the head covers look like, what the bag looks like, um, what posters and what decorations are up in the team room, what decorations are in the rooms, um, gifts, the caddy stuff. I mean, everything kind of falls under under me, but then I have people that will help do that stuff and get it done. So um, so it it. it if when you say it like that, it seems like a lot, but it, it doesn't feel like a lot right now. Um, and um, so we're moving in the right direction. So we're, we're excited. Yeah. Yeah. That's sounds like it for sure. And I think you've got the benefit of it. They've announced you as captain so far in advance or enough time in advance that you can not feel overwhelmed by this. Like you would, if it was say announced last next year. Oh yes, for sure. I mean, and that, and the LPGA, you know, they've, they've been great because they understand that they, they know I'm still playing and they want to be respectful of that too. And so, um, so they've, they've been great so far and, um, you know, we're, we're working on a couple, getting another assistant announced here pre- pretty soon and, um, hopefully get rolling with some of the other stuff. Um, we're going to take a short break before I get to that, okay. Stacey, I want to ask you, cause you just mentioned it. Um, mm-hmm. you're, coming up to possibility of announcing another assistant captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. What kind of timeline did you have in mind in terms of numbers and timeline to announce them? Um, well, you can have up to three. Um, you don't have to have three. You can have three. Um, and this other person was, is somebody that she's already said yes. So she's already agreed to it, but just somebody that, again, I've really trusted throughout my career. Um, she's been a great friend of mine. And she immediately said, yes, um, I didn't even have to twist her arm. So, um, so we'll announce it here and probably in the next few weeks or probably in the next month and a half or so is my guess. Um, we'll get that announced. And then on the third one, you know, I I'm actually going to wait a little bit and kind of see, see how the team kind of falls together and see, you know, what, what I need, what kind of personality, what kind of person I need in that role. Um, and then go from there. So that one, that third one will probably be next year sometime, because if it does come to the possibility of me playing, I'm definitely going to need a third assistant. So, um, so that'll be something we do next year. Okay. Excellent. (laughs) Uh, So we'll be back shortly. And when we do, we'll pick right up and I'd like to chat with you a little bit about some of the things, um, what your plans might be for taking the team forward. All right. Sounds good. Legend has it that in the great storm of 1781, John Jameson lost a barrel of his beloved smooth whiskey. He said goodbye to the crew and went in after it. In hindsight, that probably wasn't a good idea. Weeks later, a funeral was held. All of Ireland was in attendance, including John Jameson and his smooth-tasting whiskey. Please remember to drink responsibly. BMW iX is electricity in its ultimate form. An elegant trailblazer that's equal parts power and intelligence. With impeccable interior details, a range of up to 324 miles, and a panoramic moonroof for every shade of luxury. It's 100% electric and 100% BMW. BMW, the ultimate electric driving machine. We're back. Thank you for staying with us. Now, our guest today is Stacy Lewis, and we're talking Solheim Cup 2023. Uh, Stacy, in response to being named captain of the team, 
At one point, you stated that you believed that the time was right for both you and the team, uh, that you step in and, and fill that role. Can you share with us a little bit about what you meant by that? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I was, I was, I've been a part of the last six Solheim Cups, playing or captaining or assistanting, whatever you want to call it. So, um, so I, I've seen it, you know, I've seen us win. Um, we've kind of been on a bad streak of not winning these last couple. Um, and, and especially the last one, I, I saw a lot of areas that I thought we could be better, um, that I think Pat struggled a little bit relating to the players, um, just being a little, being a little bit more removed from the tour and, and with COVID, she wasn't able to travel as much as she would have liked and be at events. Um, so, so I don't, I don't think Pat got a fair, kind of a fair shake it really. And, and what she was able to do. Um, so, you know, the timing was right, you know, me personally, just at a good point in my life where, um, I felt ready for it. Um, but I also feel like I know these players and I can relate to them and, um, you know, and what we did, you know, say I should be about 12 years ago is my first full hand cup. So what we did those 10, 12 years ago is not going to work with these current players. Current players are different. You know, every, every generation is different. Everybody, you have to evolve with them and, and we can't do everything the same that as we've always done it, you know, we've got to switch things up a little bit and adapt to these girls and, and help them be successful. So, um, so I have a lot of ideas and I I've seen it from both sides and, um, you know, just more than anything, I think being able to relate to the players um, is is going to be really, really helpful. It was written somewhere that your early priorities for the uh, for the team and the and the uh, competition included laying a foundation for future captains, so that there's no need to reinvent the wheel. Right. <laughs> Would you share with us what your thoughts are on that and what it might look like? Yeah, it's you know, and that's more working with the LPGA team that we have in place of you know, we've created a calendar of when kind of certain things need to be done and, um, you know, try when we're going to have meetings as a team and when me and my assistants are going to have meetings, just kind of setting more of a blueprint of you can do this and still play. Because I think that is one thing that could potentially turn some people away of being captain in the future is they're saying, oh, no, I'm, I don't want to do it yet. I'm still playing. And so if we can kind of just create more of a blueprint of how things are going to work and, um, you know, when we start doing clothing and how that, how that all falls in together that, um, you know, I, I really think it's possible. And I, and I hope more girls see that for the future that, um, you can, you can be captain and, and continue to play if that's what you want to do. Right. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think that's gonna, you're going to start seeing younger and younger captains. Yeah, exactly. On both sides, on European side too, as well. So. There was a quote by another reporter. I'd like to share it with you and then ask your thoughts mm -hmm. about it. Um, you were quoted as saying, how can I make, as part of one of your goals, is how can I make the environment really positive, really fun, and make the girls really be a team and care about each other? Do you have any thoughts, ideas as to how you're going to try and make that team environment really positive and, and really fun? Um, you know, I, I have to win the team room, ultimately. And um you know, I, I kind of realized that with this, with this generation is they, they, they're, they're, they're about having fun. They want to go have fun. They want to hang out with their friends. We got to have the, a lot, a ton of games and TVs and music and just fun stuff for them to do in the team room, um, ping pong tables. And, you know, as if I can keep them in that team room as long as possible, then I did my job. You know, if they're running off to their rooms, 
to go hide out, then I didn't do my job. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, keeping things loose, I, we're going to communicate really well where they're going to know um, what the schedule is going to be every day and how it's all going to work. Um, you know, they, they really want to be a part of things is what I've kind of already talking to them. You know, they want to be a part of the pairings. They want that open communication, which I think is great. You know, they, they ultimately, they know their games the best. They know who they're going to play well with. And so, um, so we're just gonna have the open line of communication. I'm going to be honest with them. And they know that about me. I'm a pretty straight shooter. I'm, I don't sugarcoat things. I'm, I'm honest when I need to be. And, um, and I, and I think, I think that it's going to be helpful to them. You know, there's times where I have to tell them, no, you know, they're not going to get everything that they want, but, you know, also being a mom and I have a three-year-old that I have to take care of, you know, I have to, she hears no a lot. So, um, and I'm okay saying that. So, um, so just, I mean, everything I've been through in my life, you know, I've, I can relate to these girls, you know, I, I say I've been number one in points going into it. I've qualified kind of four or five. I've been close on points. I've been a pick. I've not been a pick. You know, I've, I've been all spectrums of, of this, this Solheim cup thing. So, um, so I, I, I really, I, I've, I've been there. I know what it's like to stress out those last two months leading up to Solheim cup and trying to make the team and, um, you know, and just try to stay away and, and let the girls play. Well, on that point, um, about involving the players and whatnot and, and the team room, there's been a lot of talk or plenty of talk in recent years about a pod system being used by the American teams. You know, originally started with the discussion around the Ryder Cup team, and and for better or worse, I guess one could say that um, Julie and company have had that as part of the Solheim Cup. I mean, whether it was formal or informal or not. How much of that thinking will be part of your strategy moving forward, or are you thinking that you might just do something a little bit more ad hoc? Or, um, well, I, I like the pod system just from the fact from as a player, you kind of you know like these three people are, that's potentially who I'm going to play with. Um, but I don't like it as a captain because you're really limited on your pairings. Um, if somebody's tie gets hurt or isn't playing well, um, it's really hard to move people around and kind of shift people in there. So, um, so I'm not necessarily, I mean, I like the concept of it because I do think there are, there are certain people that, you know, will never play together. You know, they're on their personalities are on opposite ends of the spectrum. They're never going to play together. So I see it kind of more as a six and six type thing um, where you're a little where you can be more flexible as well with their practice time, because that's I think that's one thing that has not helped the girls prepare as well is being told, hey, we're buses leaving at seven and we're coming back at two. And this is when you have to practice. And, you know, not everybody prepares the same. Some people like to stretch and do a workout and then they go play at 10 or 11 o'clock. And some people like to get up even earlier than seven and play. So, so we're going to try to put some more flexibility in their practice times as well, um, just to help them prepare better. And so I think with a six and six, you can do that a little bit more where two, a twosome can go out and play and then a foursome could go out and play. Um, so, so we're, we're going to look at that and that's something I want to talk to the girls about and get their feedback. But I, I really think it will help them make the week feel more like a normal tournament week for them. Right. Now, one of the things that I've, that has been said of the U S teams, both on the men's side and on the women's side is the teams are great when it comes to single player. Traditionally has been 
you know, the strength has been singles play. Four ball has been pretty even, but it's the foursomes that seems to be the Achilles heel. Um, yes. How much of, uh, are you going <laughs> to, is there a lot of thought going into how you're going to make that work? And I, I guess that's a big point of where you're going to be talking with the players about, you know, whose playing styles tend to work together and mesh together. So, you know, when you do yeah. get a sticky point, you can have confidence that your partner's going <laughs> to get you out of it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it, like you said, it's playing style and who they're comfortable with. I mean, some players aren't, if their partner hits them in a, in the rough, some players just aren't comfortable there. They're used to just hitting the fairways all the time. So um, a lot of times I think your, your foursomes, your, those players, they're pretty adaptable. They can kind of play with anybody, but I think most importantly, they're good putters. Um, And I think as a team, we've got to become better putters ultimately um, because that's, you think about any kind of match play event, that's even like a U.S. amateur or anything like that. Good putting is what wins it. So, um, so that's, you know, something I'm, you know, I've said it a lot and I'm going to keep encouraging the girls to keep getting better. And, and that, you know, like I love seeing Jennifer Cupcho win last week, you know, getting that experience of having to make putts down the stretch, you know, that's, that's what's going to serve and, and make her better as a golfer and, and it's going to help us in Solheim Cup. So would love to see more, more of that um, in the next year and a half. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think back to Jarena um, uh, uh, making that putt, mm-hmm. you know, just at that time exactly. it was a critical putt. And then mm-hmm. um, probably to your dismay, um, Suzanne <laughs> making that yes, putt. Yes, the putt, <laughs> right? Nobody ever talks about a six iron or a seven iron, you know, in match play, it's, it's putting. So, so we, we just, as a team, I think we've got to get better in that area. Right. Right. Uh, speaking of putting and, and being able to understand, uh, the greens and whatnot, um, the venue for next year is Finca Cortesina. So it's the host venue. Will you have any plans for maybe taking some players, probable players to scout the course or play there a little bit this year or, or next in advance? Um, well, I'm going to go kind of around the British Open in August. Um, I just want to check the place out for myself, uh, more more the behind the scenes stuff of how everything's going to be laid out. But I'm also going to play the golf course because I want to see what style of golf will play well there. Um, you know, is it a ball strikers? Is it somebody that hits it far? Whatever it is, because I think that can help when, with your picks um, when you come down to that. Um, you know, and I think in past Solheim's, I've I've went and scouted courses early. Um, I've not played them at all. Um, and I, and I don't really think it matters to be honest, um, whether the girls want to go ahead of time, if they want to go play great, we'll set it up for them, let them go have a little vacation. I mean, it, it looks beautiful. I don't know if you looked at the website, but it looks beautiful. So, um, so if they want to go great, I'd love them to go check the place out, but, but really, I mean, they've got four days once we get there to learn the golf course. So, so it's, um, a lot of it's, you know, let's, let's keep it like a normal week. Um, let's not, you know, overanalyze things and, and, and cause ultimately we just gotta go play golf. Right. Yeah. It comes to that point where you gotta let your clubs do the talking, right? Exactly. Yeah. You can, you can, you can definitely over-prepare in this role too. <laughs> Suzanne Pedersen is the, uh, your counterpart and she was named a little while ago as well. Now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's fairly fair to say that the two of you are known as some of the toughest and uh, most competitive people on tour. 
Yes. <laughs> a little feisty. We both are a little feisty. Yeah, I was going to yes. say a little bit feisty and fierce <laughs> in your competition. And yes, see, strike me as the type that uh, don't want to um, give up any quarter to, to the other mm-hmm. or anything like that. But um, is there something we might be able to see that um, or expect to see? I mean, will there be mm-hmm. a, a really aggressive style or, I mean, what, what do you expect coming out of it? Because I think oh, there's some, some thoughts out there as to, Ooh, this could be really interesting mm-hmm. and intriguing. <laughs> it could, I did, you know, I, I think I immediately came to mind as we've had some rules controversies at the last couple of Solheims. And I was like, Oh gosh, can we just not have one? Cause neither one of us is going to back down knowing Suzanne and I. Um, so we're just both so competitive. Um, we both want to win and, um, you know, I can't wait to see her in this role as well. You know, she's been an assistant. She's seen, you know, what Katrina Matthew has done the last couple, um, you know, and she's played on far more than me. Her record speaks for itself. I mean, she's been amazing in the Solheim cup. So, um, you know, so we're, we're going to have to play great to just kind of overcome that. And, um, but I, I, when I was announced captain, that was one of the things I was most excited about was going up against Suzanne. Um, just, I mean, just because she, to me, she is the Solheim cup. I mean, you think of the Solheim cup, you think of Suzanne making putts and winning matches and, and winning the cup for them. So, um, so I, I, I can't wait to get there and, um, you know, I'm sure we'll have some interaction as, as we get going here along the way too. (laughs) (laughs) Incidentally though, and and all the time that you've been on the Solheim cup, I was looking at the records and the two of you have only faced each other in a Solheim cup once. And that was in foursome. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. I know it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. I just, you know, but you know, cause you both have pretty good careers and one would have thought Mm -hmm. that you might've come up against each other once in a while. I know it's kind of, it's kind of funny. It seems how all those matches fall. It was, I played Anna Nordquist a ton. Um, I played Katrina Matthew a ton, you know, was, for some reason you always kind of get the same people and I don't know why or what that is, but, um, um, but yeah, I mean, I wish I could have played against her more, but we, you know, we played plenty of times on tour together and, um, you know, I've been around her so much and, um, I have a ton of respect for her too. I mean, she's, She's one of the best players to ever play this game. So, um, so I can't wait to go up against her. <laughs> and I'm sure your goal is nothing less than bringing that cup home. Absolutely. Absolutely. But we're going to have fun doing it. I think um, that that is, that's my number one um, going into the week. Uh, fantastic. Fantastic. I'm already getting excited and it's still a year and a bit away. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> uh, Stacy, as we start to wrap up, um, you have been one of the leading people on tour in terms of promoting the game with the younger generation, the kids and parents and whatnot like that. Is there any, like, take this as a time, maybe some thoughts you'd like to share, um, some pearls of wisdom about, um, the oh, game gosh. where it's going or, uh, <laughs> yeah. about getting kids involved or the parents and, and things like that. Yeah. You know, I think, um, you know, we're seeing more kids are going to college and this NIL stuff with being able to kind of get, get some money. It's going to help, you know, these girls are going to stay in college a little bit longer and get their educations. I think, I think that's always number one, um, having a daughter myself. I think it's now, I think it's more important. Um, you know, it was always really important to my parents that I get an education and you do your schoolwork before you go to practice. You know, that's how it always worked in our family. And, um, you know, that's going to continue over, but, um, 
you know, gosh, let the kids be kids, play a ton of sports. Um, don't specialize super early, you know, get them, let them be athletes, let them, you know, be running on a soccer field or playing golf or baseball or softball, whatever it is, you know, you know, let them, let them have fun, let them be a part of teams. Um, I think it's important just to have that interaction, um, you know, and, and you, they have, they have to love it, you know, if they, if they don't love it, you know, it, it's going to be a fight. You guys are going to be, <laughs> the parents and the kids are going to be fighting too much and it's not going to be fun for either one of you. So, um, you know, encourage your kids, um, gosh, be so positive. I mean, you know, that that's one thing with my own daughter is I just, I try to encourage her as much as I can. And if she doesn't want to hit balls with me, then that's totally fine. She can go play in the field and play in the bunker or whatever she wants to do. You know, it's, um, but then there's a some days she's like, mommy, I want to go play golf with you today. And, and, you know, as a parent, you get oh, she's all excited. And, but, um, but those days are few and far between right now, but that's okay. Um, but just, you know, help your kids love it and, um, always encourage them. And, um, you know, I was, you know, like we've talked about my feistiness on the golf course and my parents had to kind of learn how to help me rein that in a little bit. You know, there are definitely times that, I got pretty upset on the golf course and, um, you know, slamming clubs and things like that. But, um, but one thing they always did is they never, they never let that fire go away. Um, they always just helped me learn how to kind of, how to manage it and how to deal with it because that fire is what makes, makes you great. You know, think of all the great players that have played this game. They all have a little bit of they get mad at times, you know, and they want it. You can see it and they get mad. They, they do, they slam a club or you can see it in their face, whatever it is, you know, they, they have that. And so I was glad that my parents never, they never let that go away completely. They just helped me learn how to, how to rein it in. When you say things like that, I think of, uh, Ben Hogan, another Texan with that icy stare, you know, manifesting mm-hmm. it that way, but Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Even, you know, you think of Lorena Ochoa, you know, she seemed to be always smiling at times, but there are times that she would, she'd get mad, you know, and, and that's what, that's what makes you better. What's next for you, Stacey? You've got a week off this week, um, on the tour Mm -hmm. schedule is, um, any plans for you as to when you're going to play your next event? Yeah, I'm going to, I'm not going to play in Hawaii, but I'm going to play the next two out in LA and, um, really kind of building into the, uh, to the U S women's open, uh, our next major first of first week of June. Yep. So, um, so just kind of getting ready for that now. It's always, it's kind of, those majors are kind of in the calendar in the back of your mind of what you're trying to get ready for. So, um, so we'll, we'll get back to work here in the next day or so. Great. So your goal is to play steady regularly and then try to get yourself to peak in time for the U.S. Women's Open. For the U.S. Open, exactly. Uh, how familiar are you with that course? Have you any familiarity with the course? I actually, I played, um, that was my first U.S. Open at Pine Needles, was in uh, 2007, I believe. I was still in college at the time. Um, so that was the first U.S. Open I ever qualified for. Um, so I do remember bits and pieces of it, but uh, I, do, I think they've, uh, they've done some changes, kind of made it more like um, Pinehurst number 2 with, uh, with taking the rough out and things like that, which makes me really excited because I love what they did to Pinehurst number two. So, um, so I can't wait to get back. Yeah. Terrific. All right, Stacy. Well, thank you so much for taking time. I know you're a very busy person and you just come back recently from your Asia trip and swing and family obligations. So 
completely appreciate this. This is a wonderful to take time out of your schedule and share it with us. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. And thank you very much, Stacey. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our show for today. Thank you for staying with us, and we look forward to having you join us next time. And remember, when you're out there playing golf, do your best to keep it on the short grass. You have been listening to our podcast show, We're Talking Golf, produced by The World of Golf. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, April 5th, 2022. If you have an idea for a future show, please send us an email to info at worldofgolf.org. Please include podcast show in the subject line. This show is the copyright of The World of Golf. Thank you for joining us.